Hello and welcome to County Derry Post's political podcast, where we talk to the county's local politicians and find out what makes them tick. In this first episode, I speak to Bimbrada Councillor Sinn Féin's Kathleen McGurk about council image, finance and revitalising Banagher Dam. Really easy one to start, just tell us about why you got into politics in the first place. Um, well, I always was very politically minded, I suppose. I'd done politics at A-level in school um, and always from pretty early age was one of those ways that watched the news, <laughs> like, like a weirdo, and just so I was always interested in it. And then after I got back from Australia, I was in Australia for nearly five years, um, just shortly after that, Martin McGuinness had died mm-hmm. and it just sort of a catalyst for me then to, to finally join Sinn Féin. Um, and I didn't really expect to get involved as much in, you know, elective politics at that stage. It was more just activism and that I was interested in. But um, then probably a year and a half or so, then the councillor that was sitting in my area was retiring from politics and they asked me to, to join in. I mulled it over for a wee while because obviously having a young family and working and so on, I, I wasn't sure, but I decided to take the plunge and go for it. And well, I wouldn't say I've never looked back at <laughs> moments where I thought, what am I doing? But um, I do really enjoy it. Like, it's, it, it's very interesting. And for all the bad rap that politics gets, it's, it's interesting seeing, you know, how decisions are actually made on the ground and why they're made a certain way and, and so on. So that's really my foray into politics. What <laughs> is there something that to date you've done that you'd be most proud of on the council? I think... Planning committee is probably one that I, you know, take most pride in because it's one of those committees where you you make a decision that immediately impacts somebody's life, if you know what I mean. Um, Other things that we do sometimes, you know, they feel far removed maybe from everybody's, from everybody else's life. Um, But planning, I definitely have a, a strong affinity with you know, young couples that are trying to get their house passed and start their life together. And, um, you know, and I feel we can make a real difference in there. Sometimes we can sort of look at applications and just look at them in a, in a bigger bigger picture context. And when planning officers are looking at them, they're probably looking at it from a very narrow focus sometimes. So um, that's probably one of my my biggest things is, is planning committee. I'm, very proud to be on that committee. And then on the flip side of that, what would you say the biggest challenge has been so far? Probably finance stuff on council. Obviously, last year we had the whole debacle around um, rates rises and and the, the death that the council was facing with our reserves having been run down. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's frustrating just that we don't meet ITI with some of the unionist parties and how we should be managing that. Um, you know, uh, it's, it's began, I suppose, long before I joined council, but we've always been advocates for small increases just in line with inflation and trying to work with council officers. The unionist parties took the position, well, cut the life out of everything, and then the council officers would just have to get on and, and make the cuts. And what that resulted in was a rundown in the reserves and, and then the crisis that we Based last year. Uh, I will so, touch on that later on, just as if that come up obviously in the in the questionnaire. Yep. But um, yep. I suppose then, what is the issue in local politics you feel most passionately about? Well, at the moment, anti mining would be would be one of them, and and the environmental concerns that we have. Um, you know, 
there's a couple of major issues that'll face the whole causey coast and glens mining for the, the gold mining that's obviously um, a big problem and and Tyrone and so on as well is going to impact on the area that I represent, which is Feeney, because it mm-hmm. um, sort of stretches on Ferns and Fracking, uh, which will be an issue over in the Glens. Um, so those are two big issues that I feel, you know, that we should be leading um, our opposition against from from a council perspective, um, and that can feed up into the, the higher command, I suppose, at Stormont. For me, th- those are my two big sort of issues at the moment. Obviously, the Women's Committee has been recently formed at, at yep. council level, and Leanne Peacock is the, the chair. What are um, the key issues facing the committee? I think one of them has to be how we attract women into politics and how we retain them in politics. Um, you know, I know it's it's hard work, you know, trying to manage a family and attend council meetings and, like, most councillors have a job on top of it. Um, you know, it's not a full-time role for majority of us there's some in council that are retired and probably can have the luxury of of spending all all full time at about for likes of me we don't so i think that's that's one thing that council needs to address majorly is how we um facilitate women going into politics um and one of the things that i found actually since covid has had has been the the value of remote meetings mm-hmm. you know it takes two hours out of every meeting that i have to go to because I don't have to spend an hour travelling back and forth from Korean alone and yeah. uh, means that if there's something happening at home you know I can kiss my daughter night night and you know send her up to bed and things like that um, and I have just found that's been invaluable um, and I've been sort of trying to advocate um, since remote meetings have came in that we need to be basically embracing it and, and looking at it as the future of, of politics. Um, even just if you look from a cost perspective, we're not paying members mileage to travel down to Korean and then paying them to have a nice buffet of sandwiches and tea and stuff sitting for us whenever we get there. And then even the council officers then that have to support us in meetings, you know, they can log in from home because every council meeting that we have, we have staff there that need to take time out of their lives to sit down in our meetings, which I'm sure you've listened in on a few of them, Liam. They tend to ramble on for quite a while at times. Even for our women staff that are there uh, working, and I suppose I shouldn't put that down to just women because there's plenty of men that are involved in family life as well. But sometimes I feel that it does fall on women's shoulders slightly more. But it's that for me is one big issue at the minute that, that we need to embrace and start investing the technology and, and making our meetings more open and transparent as well. Um, so that you know, members of the public can log in and see it. And, That's true. Yeah. Um, suppose moving on to a bit of the questionnaire that had come back. Seeing that the more local the politics, the more trust people had. There was twenty five point five percent strongly agreed that local councillors take problems seriously. But when it comes to MPs, it was seven point eight percent. Why do you think there's more trust in the kind of local councillors and there would be in the more remote politicians? Well, I suppose a lot of the issues that we get sent our way are, are things that impact on people's day to day lives. It could be planning or road service issues or things like that and they're usually issues that we can sort out in a shorter time frame you know they're not policy issues so to speak and they're not issues that maybe take a long time to to work through legislatively to to sort out Mm -hmm. i think that that could be one of the reasons but just the fact that you're on the ground you know it's impossible for an mla or an mp to know all their constituents or to have been around all their constituents um 
you know, if you looked at that survey and you had it broken down into how how close does your MP live from you, mm-hmm. I'd probably say those that live close to the sanity of their MP would probably have a lot of trust in them, whereas those that maybe live at the other side of the constituency might not know them from Adam. So it's it's just all about probably personal relationships and knowing people around. And I suppose looking at the Causeway Council, the numbers kind of fall a bit. You have 17.2% say the councillors take problems seriously. The numbers are a wee bit lower than the kind of overall picture. Do you feel that the council has a bit of an image problem in some ways? I would tend to agree with you. Um, you know, the, the rates fiasco last year didn't help. And I think part of the problem was it, it wasn't reported correctly in the sense of, you know, this big sort of how much money we were in debt figure was paraded around. And, and that that wasn't actually really the issue. A lot of that was capital expenditure. It's a bit like having a mortgage in your house. You don't consider the mortgage in your house as you being in debt. Yeah. It's something that you've agreed to spend and, and you're paying it down and you're servicing that debt. Our issue last year was that we ran down the reserves that we had in cash, basically, and we were overspending. So there was going to be a point where we were going to run out of money if we didn't make cuts to our immediate expenditure. So I think if people maybe had understood that more might have made more sense to them but there's a bit of sensationalism around the the massive debt figure and it maybe wasn't explained to people properly how, how that is and it's very hard sometimes to engage with people on that because they're, they're not so interested in the the nitty-gritty of politics but uh, you know when they see the big percentage is going to be added on to their rates and they see a headline like that it, it shakes people's confidence really in, in what councillors are doing and it wasn't a problem of our making. It was something that we had foreseen coming for a long time mm-hmm. and had been trying to the issue that it was going to become a problem, but it fell into ears, unfortunately. So The other thing that came through on the survey for Causeway was the cooperation side of things, where it was 27% mm-hmm. said that they rated the cooperation as 1 out of 10. Is that something you feel is an issue on the council? You know, there, there are committees where I feel like we do really work together, but the Certainly personalities within that council that just aren't interested in working. And if you're a member of and that's it. They just, they don't even want to talk to you, basically. But, there, you know, there are committees that we do work together. So, you know, I think planning's a committee where green and orange really doesn't come into it. I do think genuinely councillors try to make decisions as best as they can for the, the applicants and the people that are maybe objecting or whatever. And there are other you know, committees there such as land and property and, and places like that where we don't get into that green and orange really. There have been probably a couple of things over the last number of years that have, haven't helped things. The financing did become a little bit green and orange because there was two different opinions on how we should tackle it. So mm-hmm. it probably stretched into that. The centenary stuff isn't helping now either at the minute. And I know from our point of view, we feel like, you know, it seems to be a, a colossal amount of money spent on an event that's really geared towards one side of the community given that we've had so many cuts to other things it just doesn't feel like it's a sensible thing to be doing at the moment so those things have probably strained relationships within council and that's probably what's feeding through a little bit on the questionnaire at the minute and is it frustrating too obviously there's a unionist majority on the council and, and yeah. all the time in the meetings i feel that sometimes nasa's council is feeling as if it's, it's nearly pointless like they, they have to say their bit but they know that it's going to be voted down is that something that can become frustrating very much so. Um, I gave you a, a recent example of something from, from my area. We had tried to get Irish street language for Glen. Um, we literally went door to door, got all the petitions signed, and the council chose then to do the consultation 
just at the start of lockdown, um, which meant that we couldn't then, because our plan had always been to go around and literally collect the letters from people because we knew that it's it's hard for people to get the time just to fill it out. And, um, and we have a very stringent policy anyway in Irish Street Sign. So I had proposed that they rerun the consultation. And of course, it was knocked back. And, it, you know, it does feel pointless because we knew going on to that meeting that if we didn't get it through at the committee level, then there was no chance that we were going to get it through with full council. And I had to come on the same with that, but, it, you know, I knew it was going to get vetoed for various reasons. So, and we, we've now submitted, I actually submitted a motion yesterday to look at changing our Irish street language policy. But again, it's probably going to be a very hard sell to a lot of our unionist councillors and the chances of it going through probably seem quite slim. So, You you touched on there something in your area. Do you think sometimes the council yep. can be unfairly skewed towards the, the triangle area of Corian Port Stewart, Port Rush? I definitely think with uncertain departments, yeah. I think particularly there there is an issue with tourism and that being very focused on that area and events and so on where I don't know if other areas are given the chance to really uh, develop that side of their economy. But it is up to others to try and advocate for that. And, you know, as much as the council officers do tend to sort of lean towards them areas, if we come to them with good ideas and good, strong proposals for things, they will take and sort of run with it to, to a certain degree. Banner Dam's been something that I've been sort of working on for a little while, and I have quite a vision to how Banner Dam could feed into Dungiven as a, a hub for people coming on holidays for more sort of active holidays, like walking holidays and cycling and um, hiking and that sort of stuff. So I actually took the Director of Leisure and Development last year up for a hike up, mm-hmm. up to Banner Dam, him and his wife, and he was blown away by it. So whenever you take them outside of their comfort zone and, and literally drag the horse to the water, so to speak. Mm-hmm. You can get things done because they immediately went away and applied for a grant to start um, improving the facilities up there. They're going to get all the, the tracks, you know, sort of maintained properly and get everything signposted, maps and so on, um, and try and make it onto something, you know, akin to what Glenara Forest would be at the moment. So yeah. we can get stuff done. It's just, it is up to, to councillors to have get forward and, and to come up with ideas and put them forward. The other thing that you'd mentioned before was the rural internet and obviously Pro- Project Stratum has been awarded yeah. to Fibrous but open reach I think have been quite visible the last few weeks. Is there any update for people on what, what the latest is on that? Open reach have been very visible in our area or my area in particular because they're doing what's called a community fiber partnership in Feeney mm-hmm. uh, which we're trying to get the numbers and so how that works is basically the government has these gigabyte vouchers you can pledge your voucher to open reach and if they get enough people coming together in an area to pledge the money that's that's the money for them then to go away and, and improve the infrastructure so they actually had looked at doing a scheme in Finney because they had intended to upgrade the, the village of Finney itself Mm-hmm. They thought that if they got everybody to pledge their vouchers, there would be enough money left in the pot then to go out into the sort of less commercially viable areas, so to speak. Um, so that's what we're trying to do there. There are some areas that just aren't going to be covered by Project Stratum, and I think people need to realise that. And it is going to be a case of working with whatever provider we can to mm-hmm. try and improve internet. And, you know, it 
probably won't be possible to have every street and every road set with fibre broadband. There will be places that just won't make commercial sense for any of those providers to go to. But it's then looking at other options that we can get, you know, whether it's a better 4G provision in that area then that they can use maybe dongles and satellite Wi-Fi and all of those sort of issues. So there's a whole host of things there that we can do. Project Stratum for us is going to be a little while off. We're, we're sort of in the third phase of Project Stratum in our area. So it'll be that take a long time for that to probably feed through in the ground. So I think the community fibre partnerships that, that OpenReach are doing are a very good way for us to try and make inroads um, in a short space of time because the likes of that one in Fini, they'll be delivering that this, this financial year, really. Why don't we get enough vouchers? We're sort of 80% now, so we've got a week and a half left on it. We're hoping to get the... The last final push yeah. of people pledging pictures to get it done. I suppose there's a final question. Is there have you any particular goals you'd like to achieve in that time? Just to finish off. But Banner Dam was my sort of big project that I had even set out in my election literature and so on. So I would love to see that developed and have a sort of master plan and council as to how they're going to move forward. It's obviously not something they'll have delivered within this council term because it's mm-hmm. it's a much bigger project than that. But I would like to see a master plan as to how the council intends to sort of capitalise on it and to link it on what the been given master plan that, that Councillor McGlinchey has been working on as well. So that's probably my, my big, big project, so to speak. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, give it a share on social media. If you have any questions for future guests, get in touch by email at editor at or contact us via social media.